Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, our Lord is worthy to be praised. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where, oh, where would we be? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go together into the house of the Lord. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. needed that. Yes, you did. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We reverence the presence of the delivering God, and the floor is his, so we'll remain in his presence since he While on others, thou art calling, Lord, do not pass us by. We, we need thee every hour. We need thee. Just a touch from you, O oh God. We thank you for your appearance, O oh Lord. We thank you. Your people are postured for worship, O oh Lord. We are open to receive your word even now, Lord God. We thank you that you have set the table for us. And we empty ourselves out even now, oh God, that you might fill us. Feed us till we want no more, Lord. We knock and you answer, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, O faithful one, for bringing us again to another day that you have made. And we rejoice and are glad in it. Thank you for getting in the kitchen of glory, Lord, and fixing us something good for us. We're hungry for you, Lord. We're thirsty for your word. I am a man of unclean lips and we live among a people who are unclean but thank you for the cold Lord God that touches our lips and purifies us let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable Lord God our strength and redeemer we thank you Lord there's a sweet sweet spirit in this place and we know that it is the spirit of the Lord and so even as we transition into the word on the day, we remain in this place. Amen. John chapter 11. We praise the Lord for our pastor in his absence and for the opportunity to stand before the sacred desk. John chapter 11.
and our reading begins at verse 35. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Thank you for your word, Lord. John chapter 11, verse 35. The Bible says, the Bible says, Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Verse 44 says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth, and Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Turn to your neighbor with your mask fully covering your nose and your mouth. And tell them in the sweetest way you know how, watch what you say. Thank you for your word, oh Lord. Give us the patience to hear what you have to say to us today. Thank you. Watch what you say. The Bible tells a story of a family from Bethany Church. You may be familiar with this story. There were siblings, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who were devoted followers of Jesus. They were devoted followers of Jesus, but also Jesus knew them and loved them. While traveling with the disciples, Jesus received word from Bethany from the sisters that Lazarus, whom he loved, was sick. The family asked Jesus to come, and Jesus said to the disciples who he was with, this illness wasn't leading to death, but it was to glorify God. And so after delaying his visits for a couple of days, his visit, knowing that Lazarus was now in fact dead, Jesus then made his way to the house. 
He told the disciples, those that he was with, that he was going to go to wake Lazarus up. They were confused. They didn't understand why Lazarus was asleep and why would Jesus go there to just wake him up. They didn't really understand Jesus' words. When you go home, read the full story. And upon his arrival in the town, Jesus encountered the sisters and the visitors, you know, and the crowds. All of them that were there were dealing with what had happened and responding to the grief in very different ways. Nine verses. Nine verses in the gospel according to John on this third Sunday of November. Nine verses weeping. Nine verses sorrow and grief. Nine verses agitation and frustration. Nine verses correction. Nine verses focus and humility. Nine verses confidence and obedience to his call. Nine verses a demonstration of authority. But as I said, there were lots of things going on, as there often is in these circumstances. There were lots of emotions swirling about, lots of reactions to this grieving family from this family and the community. Uh, and, and not the least of these you may be familiar with, one of these emotions swirling in the atmosphere was the disappointment that sister felt, uh, the disappointment uh, by some, including Lazarus's own sister, Mary. Uh, she was disappointed because she felt like Jesus had not come quickly enough and he did not prevent uh, the death of her brother. She believed that Jesus was the son of God and therefore he could have done it. Uh, Jesus could have, uh, she felt, prevented this traumatic event from happening. And so we weep with her even on this morning, all these years later, we weep with her heartbreak because we understand. Don't we understand? And, and we don't judge her because we, we, we understand. And if you live long enough, you too, my sister and brother, will come to a point and a time and a day. I, I promise to you, well, you too will be wondering why, Lord. Lord, why did you allow that to happen when I know who you are and that you could have prevented it? There are lots of things going on, lots of emotions and feelings going on. And, and, and while we may be familiar with that part of the story, I do want to say to you that there was more. In these verses of scripture, we get to overhear eavesdrop in on several of the conversations. The Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus was on the way. He was on the way to go see where his beloved friend Lazarus, the one that he loved, where he had been laid. And the Bible says in verse 35, as he was on the way, Jesus, Jesus began to weep. His grief moved from the inside up and it overflowed. And he cried. This man, Jesus, we know he is God and man at the same time, but the man, Jesus, the human Jesus was in the midst of a difficult season. Is there anybody here? His friend, Lazarus, was dead. My brother, have you ever started crying and you didn't know if you would stop? 
Has anybody ever felt the pain of a loss? And have you ever been so submerged down deep in pain you thought you might be drowning so much so that it overflowed? And those around you became witnesses. There will be witnesses to your weeping. When we walk with our families or other families or sisters and brothers through these seasons, there, there can be all kinds of different understandings and opinions and perspectives about what had happened and how it happened and who was responsible and even what people think should have happened and what you should have done and what you didn't do. People have lots of opinions in these times. And we live in community. That means we live around each other. And sometimes, just sometimes, my sister, sometimes my stuff bumps into your stuff. And since Jesus was man walking among us, he too got bumped with stuff. But it's the stuff of our lives, uh, the stuff of our lives that I think sometimes is really fear. Sometimes the stuff that we see come out is really uh, out of our uncertainties and our concerns and our pain and our own trauma, our confusion. Because these times are hard. And no matter how closely even disciples you have walked with the Lord, we ache when one near us leaves this place. So when Jesus arrived on the scene, he saw the family and the neighbors and the professional mourners, all of them watching. And the Bible says Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? Jesus wept, and so they said he loved him. Because of the way Jesus responded to what had happened when he came into this space, they made a connection that Lazarus must have been important to him. But just like Jesus was being watched, so were we. As we weep. We are looked on. And sometimes we or others make judgments about who we are and who they were to us based on what they see or hear and assume. Be careful what you say. Because not only did some of them watch Jesus weeping as he did in the midst of his weeping and sorrow, but some of them asked questions. Have you ever, church, been a witness to someone in this situation? Have you ever looked on someone, a neighbor, a friend, a relative, a sister, or a brother in the faith who was submerged in pain, a pain that overflowed? And did you say something to them? 
Did you say something to others about them? What did you say? Verse 37, but some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man, they know your story, have kept this man from dying? Sometimes when we're going through something and folks are watching us, they say things. And the things that they say can sound like and feel like stuff. Who I am is a person who struggles with people saying stuff. And upon hearing such stuff, I often have to take a deep breath so then I don't respond with my own stuff. Because even when you're well-meaning, even when we're well-meaning, sometimes the stuff that we can say can hurt other people. And we're responsible. But thanks be to God, I feel like the Bible probably says something about grace and extending grace and, and compassion, even, even when those words slice at our ears and our bleeding hearts. So while he was weeping over his friend at the front of the church, at the home going, even while he was at the viewing and hearing about the news at the church of his loved ones, somebody asked him, couldn't he have done something about it? Hadn't gotten to the repast yet. Did they go and see about him? And we don't know the motive for this question. We don't know. Maybe it was an accusation of Jesus or maybe he was simply wondering. But I wonder. And I believe that at the heart of these questions from the crowd was sadness and confusion and even they were likely saying to what others were thinking. If he loved Lazarus and he knew Lazarus, then why didn't he come and get here in time? Somebody make it make sense. Watch what you say. A preacher reminded us uh, recently, I heard them say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but that's a lie. You do know that words can kill. Watch what you say, believer. Watch what springs forth from your lips, Christian. Watch what comes from your pen onto the paper. Watch what comes from the tips of your fingers across the keyboard in an email. Watch, watch what is sent from your thumbs on your phone in a text or a post. What questions and what comments and what opinions and what criticisms have we not first processed through the filter of the Holy Spirit and the Word? 
What have we first not offered to the holy God, to the ears of the Lord in prayer, but instead cast them out into open spaces? And what happens when the projectile of our intentions, for good or for bad, do we watch the words as they travel through space and time? Do, do we see where they land and do we observe the results of how they touch down and make an impact like matter falling from the sky? Do we watch what we say? I recently saw a sign that was funny to me and it said, you have the right to remain silent. Even if you're not being arrested, say less, my sister. Say less, my brother. How many have been casualties to your casual conversation? Maybe I need to respond more slowly. Maybe we can mine the scripture and the lessons here from Jesus for how he responded. Because you know he heard all. And in this case, the hurting Jesus, who was himself grieving, didn't lash out against the conversation about him. Help us, Lord. And we find no record here as we read the verses of, of him replying to what they said. We, we instead read that Jesus was still on the move. In response to what was said, we read here that Jesus kept it pushing. Maybe not every question requires a response. Maybe no reply was needed here to the post uh, other than for him to keep moving forward. And so the Bible says that Jesus kept going toward the place where the miracle was set to happen. Stop talking and keep walking. Stop talking and keep walking. Stop talking and keep walking. Yes, Jesus wept and he was looked upon by those around him watching. But not only that, Jesus was also a witness to others. Jesus was a mourner, yes, and the people spoke about the way he reacted to this situation. And at the same time, Jesus was also looking around to those around him, even as he encountered the community and the family. So not only are we looked upon, but, but what do we say, church, when we are walking together in relationship? What do we say when we are walking with one another through these difficult situations? As we, church, share in the highs and the lows, what, what the ups and the downs of life, what, do we watch what we say when we speak of one another? Do we watch what we say when we speak of one another from a distance? And do we watch what we say when we speak to one another when we're up close? The Bible says in verse 38 that then Jesus 
again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus was disturbed again. A few verses before when you get home and read verse 33, earlier after Jesus arrived in the town, the scripture said that Jesus was disturbed. He was troubled and he was stirred up when Mary started to cry and the Jews were crying. He was disturbed. But, but, but here, here in verse 38, the Bible says another time. Again, Jesus was disturbed, but, uh, but this is a different world, word, Bible scholars. Uh, Minister Lingham, this is a different word for disturbed because it indicates a growing anger. It, it means he was increasingly being agitated. His groaning was getting more extreme as Jesus began to get closer to the cave. And we don't really know why. We don't really know what it was, but I, I don't think it was any one thing. Because you know, in times like these, we feel all the things. Is there anybody here who knows that sometimes as you have to push through the noise, all the people with their opinions and things to say, as you get closer, minister, right to the miracle, the disturbance grows on the inside. If you ever feel that thing building up, it doesn't always mean that something's wrong. It means something's going to happen soon. Jesus was confronted with this as a human grieving and as the son of God. And so he was fully aware of what needed to be done and what needed to be said. Watch what you say, believer. But don't watch just what you say, believer. Watch what the Lord says. Every word that is spoken, hallelujah, every word that was spoken from the mouth of Jesus had intention. Help us with that, Lord. Even when Jesus was providing correction and teaching, his words brought life. He was, after all, the living word. Watch what you say. Jesus said, verse 39, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said in response to him, Lord, already there is a stench. There's a smell. He would stink already, Lord, be, because it's, he's been dead for four days now. And then Jesus said to her, did I not tell you, not your mama, did I not tell you, not the deacon, did I not tell you, not the preacher, did not tell you that you, not them, you would see the glory of God?
Jesus used his words toward divine action. Take away the stone. If he said, take away the stone, the stone is going to be took. The eternal grave robbing Messiah was set to undo what she thought was permanent. Just because you don't know how to undo a thing doesn't mean God can't. So that's what Jesus said. But then Mary, in her sorrow and her doubt, said, Lord, it's too late. I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. But it's too late. And then Jesus, you sang it, responded with a blessed assurance for her. And all he did was speak the truth. Watch what you say. All he did was speak the truth. And that was the assurance that she needed. With few words, Jesus reminded his sister of what he had already said. When we speak into the woundedness of others from up close, or when we stand on the outside, on the periphery, looking in and talking about what others are going through, how about church? How about we use these blessed breaths to remind them to believe in the P-R-O-M-I-S-E that God has already spoken. If you got to say something and the Lord allows you, how about you just remind them of what God already said? I told you, you would see the glory of God. Jesus knew he's teaching us. He knew when and how to speak to people. Jesus considered what to say when he responded with words and what to do and when only actions were required. Jesus knew that there was a time to speak to the crowds and on some occasions, only to speak one-on-one. -on -one. You ought to be glad that some of the stuff the Lord told you, he only told it to you. And he didn't say it in front of everybody else. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I do appreciate that. There are moments when we will be watched by others who will offer commentary on our situations. Watch what you say. There are moments when we will look on others and feel led to discuss and share about what they're going through with those on the pew or on the phone. Watch what you say. There are times when we will be walking together, church, through it all, and we need to share the burden. Small groups and families and congregations and neighbors and online, watch what you say. But the text is tailored to teach us that there is another conversation that needs to happen. You mean there's more here, preacher, but we heard from Martha 
We heard from Jesus. We heard about Mary. We heard about the crowds. What else? If we are church to get holy power and divine perspective in this life, there's another dialogue that needs to happen. Jesus teaches us that there is influence in our speech. And it matters who you talk to and it matters what you say. I said it matters who you talk to and what you say. Who you talk to in the middle of the confusion and it matters what you say. As the chatter is ongoing and the tears are flowing and the mourners are wailing and the sister is wondering and Jesus is frustrated, Jesus does something that changes everything. It's right here. Yes, of course there was a miracle. I know you're ready to get to Lazarus. At the end of the story, when the tomb is rolled away and the miracle worker Jesus raises the man from death to life, hallelujah. But there's something before that. Before he did that, he said something. Watch what you say. Before he did the miracle, what he said he would do, he said something else. He told Mary, if you believed, like I told you, I told you that you would see the glory. And then in verse 41, the Bible says that they removed the stone. And then Jesus looked up. And said, Father, thank you for hearing me. With all the noise and the movements all about, in the midst of the crowds and the sister and the ones rolling away the stone and everything that's going on in his grief and his sadness and Jesus, remember to be grounded in his relationship with the Lord. And he remembered his assignment. There were people around at that time, lots of people as we do. Some of them offering the gifts of their presence, some of them there to support the family, some of them there just because of their role in the community, some of them there because it was their religious assignment and obligation, some of them there were just to drink the sodas, some of them were there to eat the shop right sweet potato cake, and some of them were, but why are you here? Why do you show up? Wherever here is, why is it that the Lord has allowed you to be in that space with the people? Sometimes it's for words. And sometimes it's for you to sit in silence. And Jesus knew why he was there at that time. Watch what you say. We have to learn, believers, that there is a time to stop talking to each other down here and to start talking 
toward heaven. There's a time when I got to stop talking to you and start talking to God. And will you be so bold, believer, as to let them hear you do it? Out loud? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. I knew that you always hear me. I'm not saying this because this is the first time I realized, Lord, that you hear me, but I'm saying it out loud so that all of the confusion and all of the darkness and all of the murmuring and all of the opinions and all of the grief and heaviness and all of the wondering and all of the doubting can hear me say to you and remind them that you hear us. Watch what you say because they are watching what you say. Nine verses on this Sunday before Thanksgiving Day, Jesus opened up his mouth and he spoke a word of gratitude. Before you do anything for anybody, look up and say thank you. Don't wait for it to get quiet. Don't wait for things to settle down. In the middle of all of it, look up and say thank you. Lord, I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for hearing us. The psalmist said, let the people thank you, God. Let the people thank you, God. Let the people thank you, God. That's why I thank you, 2 Samuel says. That's why I thank you, Lord, in the presence of the nations. That's why I sing praises to your name. Well, preacher, I don't talk out loud. Open up your mouth and say thank you, Lord, so that the people around you might know that you know that he alone is the reason. In First Chronicles, and now our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. I'll do this by myself until the crowd begins to turn toward heaven and open up their mouths and lift up your voice and say, Lord, we thank you out loud so that your brother and your sister might know that everything is going to be all right. Who is still wrapped up in grave clothes because you won't open up your mouth and say, 
you to the Lord. It's the first step before God does the miracle to acknowledge his presence in the midst of it all. Even while you're still grieving, open up your mouth and say, Lord, I thank you for hearing me. Lord, our hearts are heavy today on this holiday season. But before you fix our hearts, we look up to you, Lord, and we say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Lord, I don't know when everything is going to be all right, but right here while I'm crying, Father, I thank you for having heard me. Lord, please send your comfort and your provision. And God, by the way, thank you for hearing us. Lord, it's been four days. Lord, it's been four years. Lord, it's been 40 years and it's too late. It already stinks. But God, before you bring it back to life, thank you for hearing me. And we say thank you because we doubted that you heard us. Not because, but because we need this world to know that there is a savior and you are still alive. Go out into the world, church, and let them hear you on the bus. Break out and look to heaven and say, Father, I thank you for hearing me. Well, sister, who are you talking to? I'm talking to the Lamb of God. I'm talking to the King of Kings. I'm talking to the Lord of Lords because you don't know what he's done for me. Break out on your block and walk and stop and look up and say, Lord, I thank you for hearing me. Well, neighbor, are you okay? Is everything all right? Yes, I'm thanking my God because it's already all right. It's already all right. Lazarus is not up yet, but I believe to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living because he P-R-O-M-I-S me. Yes, he promised. We're grateful, Lord. We're thankful, Lord. We won't leave this sanctuary before we look up and say out loud with our dry lips, thank you, Father. We're grateful. You hear our faintest cry and you answer by and by. We will watch what we say. We will watch what you say. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just want to say thank you, Lord. You've been so good. Been so good. Been so good. We just want to say thank you, Lord. You saved our soul. You made us whole. You made a way. Thank you, Lord, when we're seasoning greens. 
thank you, Lord. When we're baking pies this week and our family's ready to eat, we're going to interrupt the regularly scheduled programming and lift our hands to heaven in the middle of it all and say, Lord, we thank you for having heard us. Thank you for keeping us another year in the middle. Interrupt the darkness with this light and give God praise. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait for the battle to be over. Shout now, shout now, praise him now. Thank him already for what he promised to never leave you, never to forsake you. And when it's all said and done, home in glory where Sunday is every day and our tears will be no more but we'll lift lift our voices together and watch what you say I'll say Lord I thank you I thank you I thank you hallelujah you say thank you we don't need the world to teach us about Thanksgiving every day every day is a day of Thanksgiving God's been so good to me and he keeps on blessing me overflowing with sadness and at the same time we're overflowing with gratitude thank you Lord thank you Lord My God. she didn't know if he could do it but she still walked with him to the tomb even if you're not quite sure because all signs indicate that it's too late mm. walk with him to the tomb walk with him to the tomb redeemer and watch God do a miracle thank you Lord for your resurrecting power we thank you for your word on today and we pray oh God that everything that you have said to us, that it will bring forth your fruit. We are grateful today, Lord God. And we say thank you out loud, Lord God, because there may be some among us who have not yet trusted you with their whole heart, who do not yet know you as Savior and Lord. They don't know God that you came down from glory because of our sin and, and that we needed a sacrifice that would cover the sins of the past and the present 
and the future. And in those days, a sacrifice was something that had to be killed in order to exchange for a life. And so you came down, Lord God, and you allowed them to crucify you. You were blameless and pure and holy, but you died so that your blood would then cover a multitude of sins. And that's the man named Jesus that we're talking about today. It may be difficult to understand, but that's okay because we are witnesses to let you know that God is faithful and he has saved us and he can do the same for you. Can you clap your hands and testify? Somebody's got to make a decision today. Maybe you're watching online and the word encouraged and motivated you well there is a Jesus that wants to give you the gift of salvation or maybe you're here in the sanctuary today and you've been listening but 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 you you want to make a commitment that means that you know that you need a savior we will live in glory and eternity with him because he has rescued us thank you Lord and all you have to do is say yes Lord I need you please save me rescue me and it doesn't mean that he will remove you from where you are completely, but he will go into you and his Holy Spirit will live with you and he will teach you and guide you and comfort you and encourage you, yes. And he'll give you a peace that it goes far beyond any kind of human understanding. It doesn't make sense how we can rest in his presence with everything that's going on. There are promises that are waiting for you. Won't you come? Is there one? We all for Christ to you. Are you here? My brother. Come and give him your life. Oh, we all for Christ to you. In the chat, say, it's me. My sister. It's me. Somebody pray for me. We will pray. He will you're here, come on down. Come on down if you're here. If it's you, don't worry about who's looking. Don't worry about the crowds. Don't worry about what they're saying. The Lord is saying, I love you. Come on. We're praying for you. Let us love on you. Give him your life. Perhaps you have been saved and accepted the Lord as your savior but you've been walking by yourself a, a sheep without a flock and, and and we invite you to become part of this local branch of zion this family of believers called redeemer we invite you to become a part of this church family online say I, i'd like to become a part if you're here come on down we we, we, we can offer you the love of community and, and teaching and covering and fellowship and all this so that we can journey together is that you, come on, come on, be a part. We welcome you. Is the Lord sending you, sending your gifts? Come on, why don't you come? Come on today. Don't do this by yourself. Come on, come to Christ. Come and join the family. Come and rejoin the family. As the Lord called you to return, to be reconciled, we invite you. Come on, do it today. Do it today. You've been away from the Lord. He invites you. Come on back home. With open arms, the Lord stands and says, come on. Come on. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Come on, daughter. Come on, son. Come on, do it today. Today is the day. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Do it today. Come 
the Lord will continue to move even after this moment and so we say if the Lord is speaking to you and you need to make a commitment a confession to him do it today do it in your car do it walking home do it on your bedside just speak to the Lord and have your soul settled with him amen amen our trustees come. Please follow the directions of the ushers. God is giving us the privilege to give. Praise the Lord. We know our scriptures in 2 Corinthians. Praise Jesus. Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Praise the Lord.
from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Indeed, now we know we have to watch what we say and we have to watch what the Lord says. And that's such a good word because one thing about words is you can never take them back. So the scripture tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Amen. So praise the Lord for that word and let us take it with us, Lord. Please let us not let it slip. Amen. As we leave, we'll encourage the preacher today and everyone have a blessed Thanksgiving and find someone to be a blessing to. Some of your neighbors or something are, are lonely. You just don't know. That one you think they're so mean or something, they're really hurting, and they need you just to say a kind word. Amen. So praise the Lord. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for just blessing us with this time of worship. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for your word of correction and your word of instruction. And we ask, Lord God, that you help us to remember to be so very careful about what it is that we say because the world is watching us, our world, the world on our job and our, our homes and our families and, and, and while we're at the bus stop, while we're in traffic, people, you have them watching us and you have them listening to everything we say. So help us before we speak to others to remember to watch what you say so that indeed we can be a blessing with what we say out of our mouths. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and one day present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. And let all of the people of God say amen. People of God, we have come into worship. Let us go forth to serve. Amen. 